welcome to Power Start Your Day with Dame Nicola Smith-Jackson, helping everyday people to build their empire and win at life, money, and business. And now, here's your lifestyle money and business coach, Dame Nicola. Good morning, family, and welcome to Power Start Your Day. Today, Nicole Smith Jackson, we're going to reawaken your your spirit this morning, resuscitate your passion, renew your mind, so you can recommit to the plan that God has for you because God wants you to win with life, money, and business. Now, we're about to wrap up here soon. The raw truth is what they don't tell you about money. And, you know, we talked about financial literacy, financial intelligence. We even went deep into that with the Multiply Your Moolah Challenge. And we're going to talk about financial intuition. And the thing is, is that financial intuition can only come from the knowledge and wisdom of your creator, come God. Now, some people might say it's a he or she, and you might be right. I don't know. But it's about what it really means to you is the ending point. At some point in time, we've got to stop going back and forth with things that are not so important and make it a priority for the things that are important. And things. My belief went through the roof. My work ethic went through the roof. And my success and results did the same thing. When I discovered these three things about money concerning financial intuition. Our scripture today is going to be coming out of 2 Corinthians, and we touched on this, but 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 through 7 And we've touched on this many times here, but I want to talk to you about it in a different way. When I learned about these three things, you want to get a pen and paper concerning money. We're going into financial intuition. It was a game changer for me. And I pray it will be a game changer for you, but you will have to ask me to knock a little bit more. This episode won't be enough. And so um, let's go to the Lord. Father God, we come before you, we honor you today, because today is the day you made, and we're glad we're joyous. We're here in the land of the living. Heavenly Father, let us open up our hearts and our minds to your word, your rhema word, word that your Holy Spirit just will become alive in every area of our lives. We thank you, dear Lord, for your grace and your mercy. At this time, more than ever, that we need to lay down the world and pick up the word that reigns true in the kingdom and on earth only through those who are obedient to you. We honor you. We bless you and seal this prayer with the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Did you know that 
I know I shared this before, that we literally live in our mind. We just reside in the city or state that we're in. And we start talking about financial intuition. This is something that comes from the inside and literally has everything to do with what you ingest, what you allow on the inside of you. We start talking about that financial intuition. Again, the wisdom and the relationship with God that will guide you when the answers are fuzzy. And when I learned these three things, that number one, God wants you to be rich. Number two, he wants you to leave an inheritance for your children's children that goes a little bit deeper than just leaving them things. He wants you to be a giver. Let's read the word of Second Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. The word says, I'm reading English Standard Version for you, so it's just clear. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, when you look at this or read it and really allow the word to come alive in you, it didn't say whoever sows money, food, fruit, whatever. It just says this is the general principle. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So it's definitely letting you know you have to sow in order to become rich or have more than enough because you sow a little bit, you're going to get a little bit. So when you can start looking at the different areas of your life that you might say, I want more. I hear people say, I want more time. And I even say that because I've heard it so long. You say, well, what do you mean you want more time? We all get 24 hours. you got to finish the sentence or you want more time too. When I learned how to say, I be specific, I wanted more time with God, time with my family, then that's what I got. And you have to start sowing time with God if you want more time with God. Sow time with your family if you want more time with your family. And then I wanted more money, so I start sowing into more time and focusing in how to multiply money. Because the only way you're going to have more time with God and your family is if you're not worried about money or you're not having to go labor or work for money. So you have to be in systems and put your money in systems where it grows without you. And so I realized and said, wait a minute. I was wanting more time. I wanted more time with my kids, but I was traveling all over the world or I was working 12, 14 hours in the salon. Nobody taught me. I would never have believed it because everything around me was saying something different. People were going to school and college so they can get jobs, and when they were getting jobs, they were either in commute for 
for an hour, 45 minutes, an hour to work. So that's now at least two hours away from home and then now eight hours at the job. So that's at least 10 hours of the 24 hours away from home. Then I thought the next step was for me to be working for myself, be my own boss. I never worked a job. Nobody gave me a job. So I started there. I was actually, I went on from a, a salon assistant. Then I went on and started running my own chair and then my my own salon. But that type of ownership took me into a lot of labor. We had to be there not only to take care of the clients, but we needed to make sure the atmosphere was right, right? And so uh, we had the cleanup person that would come in, which, i.e., was Robert, like, you know, on the weekend until we could hire someone, afford to hire someone to do it. And then, but every day it was still time that I had to make sure I cleaned up after whatever. That was still so much time away from my family. Call where my prayers changed when I was pregnant with Caden. My prayers changed because I was like, wait a minute, we already have a child home that's disabled. There's no way. That I could spend more time now with a brand new baby away from home like I'm doing now. The economy was changing. So what Robert and I were doing, my my side hustle of selling real estate and Robert doing building um, the homes or our, our fix and flip little hustle that we had, the government has shut it down because they stopped loaning out money for people to uh refinance these properties out of hard money into conventional loans. And I'm like, wait a minute, the life I want to live, I am in position where someone is running it all the time. And I thought that was the only way that money could go. And I started saying, wait a minute, I need to sow more time into God, learning what did he really have planned for his people. It couldn't be this craziness. It just didn't make sense that God will create us to be in the midst of so much mess all the time. Who could concentrate on God when you're low on cash? So I thought. But this right here says, listen, if you so sparingly in your time learning what God wants for you, then he can only give you but so much. Because he can only give you the desires of your heart. And so when you start to look at that, it works for everything. Now we're spending time with your kids and your family. We had three boys at that time, and we a lot of times let them keep each other company. We know what that is. I mean, that's how I grew up as siblings, too. We got we, our, our mom had to go to work, and then we hung out with each other. And in the between time, you better do good in school and better have that house clean. It didn't turn out bad. But how many of us get to the age where we were like, our parents don't understand us, they don't know us, they don't know anything about us or whatever, we had to go work. Nobody was teaching us that money could be earned in different ways. Think about it. We came out of the Multiplier Mulat Challenge. If you could think about all the money that you've earned over your history of working, and if you had started putting money to be multiplied, 
from the moment you started working, whether that job at Kroger that they never gave me, my friends were getting jobs at Kroger. The only person who gave me a job was my mama, right, at the shop. But if every dollar you had earned, you had taken a portion of that and you had put it in places and you knew where to put it to get most, to start multiplying, how much more money would you have by now? I mean, literally, rule of 72, your money would double every whatever amount of hours, depending, I mean, amount of years, depending on how much interest your money was accumulating. But we have our money in these fractional banks that's given us nothing but fees if you go over, overdraft fees, money off of every account just to hold an account until they came up with free checking. They didn't always have free checking accounts. So think about it. If you have a million or two million or three million or, or, you know, five million customers, and you're just even charging them $2 per account, we individually think like, oh, $2 is nothing. But a dollar compounded every day for 30 days is over $5 million. The banks knew that, but they didn't tell us that. They didn't let us have accounts that they would give us interest on the account, and then when they do, it's like pennies that they know would take 100 years to double. The fact is we don't really know about money. And a lot of people who even earn a lot of money don't know a lot about money because I know a lot of people who earn a lot of money. They were not given instructions with that money. So we live in fear continuously, chasing paper and clout. We want to be liked and we want to be honored by folk that don't matter. What about our family and our kids? I literally have chosen and went back to the basics of what did I pray to God for? More time with him, more time with my family, and more money that I don't have to worry about it. He's over-delivered. And I've never been more fulfilled in my life because of having time with our family where now we could leave an inheritance for our children's children, where now we're creating a whole different narrative as to how to accumulate money while compromising your faith or your values or your family in the process. I know it seems like you're not creating history if you follow this because, I mean, it's our day-to-day life. But can you imagine many, many years later as our kids are adults and they get to have conversations with their children as to how money is created and that God wants you to be rich, the inheritance for our children's children is leaving them with the skills and the principles They'll veer away from it if they start having adverse action. When our kids are seeing a struggle in areas, they're going to do one or two things. They're either going to repeat it or try to be totally opposite of it. And I saw that with our first set of kids, that as we were running out there working so many hours, they're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. We didn't know. When we went up and were marketing, we just adopted the same habits we had in our work world. We didn't think that, oh, it's just only about keep sowing 
and then that's God's highest commodity, and then you're going to reap bountifully. So the inheritance for your children's children has to be included with the time, with the money. So you're working now so you can buy back time. That's what you're going to buy. I'm looking at certain things, and all we're doing is making the house more comfortable and working on how to multiply money. The guy loves a cheerful giver. You know how many people are afraid to give because they're thinking it's going to deplete what they have? They literally, as soon as they even start accumulating more money, they go into selfish mode or silo mode or solo mode. That's scarcity. Me, my, I, it becomes scarcity. And God is of abundance. If they're giver, then they're not. They only give to what they believe is giving back to them. I've seen it even in network marketing. We create a huge organization with team where we're showing it to everyone to allow everybody to grow, and then people start retreating off to only what they can do for their growth, and then they forget the principles that it's about abundance, not scarcity. And then they start experiencing scarcity and forgetting that they sowed scarcity, so they start reaping scarcity. Principles all the time. I look back in my social media posts and realize that my message has not changed because it's the truth. The truth don't need validation, and it does not even need co-signing from anybody other than our creator. So if you get the truth from him, you don't need co-signing from no man. You live it and be an example. And so when I could look up and in this last month have had more time, throwing more time into my education about growth on how I can grow others, that's been my life call, my purpose. I thank God for the message of my mentor, Dr. Miles Monroe, who said, You'll be known for success. You'll be known for making people successful. And that felt so good because you never have to worry about your own success. If you're giving to others for them to be successful. We share our life with you so you can see that it's possible for you and your family as well. But if you don't believe God wants you to be rich, And if you're not focusing on leaving inheritance for your children's children, then how could you care about somebody else's children? How could you care about somebody else's family? People say whatever they want to say just to collect some dollars. What I'm trying to do is help you to release anything fake out of your life, including when people pretend that they're trying to help people when they're only trying to help themselves and tell you that it's safe enough to and really help people, trust me, God got you, even if the other people don't. God got you. Ask me how I know. I've been in situations where I would see people, it doesn't matter what you did for them, they'll turn against you or act like you're irrelevant once they feel they have what they need. 
that I continue to rise because God got me from these three things I'm sharing with you right now. He wants you to be rich. He wants you to have rich relationships with your family, and he wants you to give. Now, we were talking church. They would say you got to be a tither, and I would say yes, but that does not only mean to the church. I will tell anyone to their face. God says he loves a cheerful giver not under compulsion or reluctancy. So you need to give in places that are fulfillment to you that you know would further the kingdom. And anywhere where you're helping people in need to where you are called is helping further the kingdom because the kingdom of God lives in his people. And I begin to understand that to the fullness. You can live life without lack. Lack of love when you are connected with God. Lack of caring about who's with you, who ain't. You only want the ones who with you. Do you know what that feels like? To only want to be with people who are really with you. That's self-esteem to the highest level. So you never feel left out because you know for sure God counted you in. Whole different game, baby. You don't have FOMO. So you ain't got to jump on every bandwagon that's moving. Listen, this is what they didn't tell you about money. It's more spiritual than it is natural. You master it in the spirit. You have abundance of it in the natural. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not only talking about praying and meditating like a monk. I'm talking about your imagination that would lead you to seeing vivid visions of you doing much better than you are now, and you'll be moving towards that some days, but every day. I want you to share this message with someone. I'll be talking about some of these things in my upcoming book because can I be real with you? Not many black folk talk like this about money because they don't know. But I want to change that. Outside of that and the now when you have to go writing Whatever you want to give to or to IRS or to whoever, you know where it came from so you know you can get more. And then even writing checks to people just to make them smile and feel good. Create experiences for your family that are, like, priceless. We've been traveling by the water with our family and you know, we're getting on, you know, the lake and realizing how Caden loves fishing more, like, just as much as basketball. Like, he's obsessed with the fishing by the water. He loves the water just like me. And I can just sit on the side whether I'm reading the book and cheering him on as he's trying to get a bite and, you know, whatever, and I'm just right there. Whether when it's time for us to go to practice and it's like, Dad, okay, Dad can take you. Like, no, Mom, I want you to take me. And we just ride him where all of us are riding together and we just chilling or laughing. 
It wasn't always like that for us. But it was a part of our vision that we did not let go. We haven't made it, per se. I love you. God bless you. Make whatever you're doing today so abundantly in those seeds as you're building your business because you do have to go through the foundational period, and that's what most people think. In their foundational period, they think. Stop starting and restarting your business because that's your seed money for the life that you want to live. Give it all you got. And God will give you all he has for you. Take care.